Hello and welcome to the How BJJ Works podcast, the podcast where we do a deep dive and explore a concept or topic that was covered in the weekly blog post on the website. My name is Justin and I am your host. I'm a three-stripe purple belt who's been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about seven years. This podcast is mostly targeted at newcomers to BJJ or those who are curious about the sport and would like to learn more before taking the plunge. That being said, all are welcome. And if you've been training for a while but just like to listen to people talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, please take a seat and stay a while. Today, we are going to be talking about rolling. During the show, we're going to get into how rolling works, what rolling is, what are the different types of roles, the nuances and social dynamics, and how to handle awkward or uncomfortable situations. So to start out with, what is rolling? Rolling is an all-encompassing term or concept that has to do with sparring, drilling, wrestling, or grappling with another person. If you've never rolled with anyone before, you probably still don't know what that means. But remember back when you were a kid, you probably play wrestled with a sibling, friend, or parent. Even if you didn't, this probably starts to paint a picture of what we're talking about. That's what rolling is. And this is where we get into the different types of rolling, because the generic, all-encompassing term of rolling refers to a spectrum of varying degrees of intensity. Each type of rolling is going to have a different degree of intensity. So if we go back to the example of play wrestling as a kid, if you're horsing around and kind of laughing and giggling, that would be a low degree of intensity. But maybe somebody gets held down for a while or accidentally hit in the face. All of a sudden, the degree of intensity ratchets up. And the play wrestling turns into an actual struggle where each person is trying to dominate the other person positionally. Perhaps someone even got mad and a friendship was momentarily strained or even lost. I can certainly remember a few situations where someone took things too far and the friendship was never quite the same again. Yeah. Now we're starting to paint a more complete picture of what rolling is, hopefully except for the part where you lose a childhood friend. So now we've covered how rolling is kind of like play wrestling, or serious wrestling, and the varying degrees of intensity each involves. In BJJ, play wrestling would kind of be like what is called flow rolling, and serious wrestling would sort of be like what is called hard rolling. These are just a couple of examples to keep in mind as we move forward, but now we're going to get into the specifics. Let's start with flow rolling and how using flow rolling as a warm-up works. Like any sport, warm-ups are important. Aside from the obvious benefits of the exercise itself, it's also critical to not train submissions before you're warm, especially as a new person. By warming up, you can start to get loose, get the blood flowing, get the muscles going. Make sure that you aren't stiff, right? A lot of us sit in an office all day and then go simulate murder on the mats. It's not realistic to expect your body to go from 0 to 60 and not suffer any injuries. By warming up properly, you can help yourself stay safe. So in order to achieve a safe warm-up when rolling, there are a couple different types of low-intensity rolling that can be utilized. One of them is flow rolling. If you ask 100 people what flow rolling is, you may very well get 100 different answers. The bottom line is that flow rolling is a low-intensity type of rolling with minimal resistance. Let's say your flow rolling partner attempts to sweep, and you offer up 10% resistance, and they sweep you. Then they pass your guard to a dominant position. Now you attempt some form of reversal, and then you take side control, let's say. Could you have prevented their initial sweep if you were trying? Probably. Could they have prevented you from getting that reversal and taking side control? Probably. This is just one example of how flow rolling may look or work. That being said, minimal resistance does not necessarily mean the roll is slow. In fact, it's quite common to see experienced grapplers flow rolling at a quick pace. They simply offer a low amount of resistance to their partners during that exchange. In these situations, the flow roll can often end up looking like a beautiful choreographed dance between the two grapplers, even if they've never rolled together before. There's a give and take that requires a keen sensitivity as to what your partner is looking for, as well as a deeply grooved pathways within your own game. 
For those reasons, flow rolling is probably going to look different depending on who you're paired with, how experienced you are, how much body control you have. Because of this, it can be harder for newer folks to flow roll. Similar to flow rolling, a positional roll refers to a roll in which purpose is to acquire and maintain position. If this occurs during a warm-up, there's typically minimal intensity. If this occurs during a more competitive sparring session, there's higher intensity. Regardless of the intensity, though, the goal is not to tap the opponent. In lighter rolls, a flow roll may be indistinguishable from a positional roll. In higher intensity matches, a positional roll may be indistinguishable from a roll where the goal is to look for a submission. You may also see positional rolls occur during a pocket drill, which is a drill where partners are working on a specific position or set of positions and not going outside of that. Another type of rolling, it's usually harder, more intensity, is uh, rolling to submission. There's a few different subcategories of this, uh, but generally when you're told to roll to submission, that means that the goal of the roll is now to submit or tap your opponent. This differs from, say, positional rolling, where you're just looking for position. The number of submissions at your disposal will vary depending on the context or rules of your gym. In some gyms, lower belt might not be able to use knee bar, for example. There's also social etiquette to be considered. For example, if you're visiting a new gym or rolling with new training partners, typically look down upon to use painful or dangerous submissions, such as a neck crank. Depending on the severity, you may even ask to leave or ban from the gym. So, as always, make sure you are communicating these things and asking questions when you're not sure. So, one subset, rolling to submission, would be live rolling. Live roll will typically mean a roll with resistance, generally with the ultimate goal to get a submission. Traditionally, the concept of sparring with resistance is one of the fundamental differentiators of BJJ from other martial arts. Sparring with resistance allows for practitioners to study not just the theory of the art, but to live the situations in real time against people who are trying to do the same thing. This is often different from other martial arts, in which they may study the position of the form, but will not practice them with resistance against fully resisting opponents. Another subset of rolling to submission would be hard rolling, although it doesn't necessarily have to be under rolling submission, but I did categorize it there, because typically if you're rolling hard or hard rolling, you're going to be go to submission. But that being said, you could do hard roll without going to submission. It would just be more about the intensity the strength that you're using. Additionally, it may have to do with the difficulty of the roll. So somebody may say, man, that was a hard roll. That was a tough roll. They may also use it in the way where they're actually categorizing the roll, as in rolling hard versus rolling light. You'll notice that the theme within concepts of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is that not everything is going to be the same everywhere you go. Different people have different ideas of what these things mean. One thing you should always do if you're at a new gym or rolling with a new person is just to clarify what they mean. If you don't know what somebody means, just ask. It's really simple. Another thing to talk about when we're talking about rolling is rolling partners. So in some situations, you're going to be encouraged to pick your own partner, while other times you'll be paired up with someone. This will likely vary based on the gym, class, or instructor. It's important to learn how to roll against all ages, genders, shapes, sizes, blah, 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 blah. For newcomers to BJJ, it might be awkward to roll with the opposite gender or someone who is smaller or larger, but this is a really important part of your learning process, and you need to be open to these different situations and learn what you can from them. Some people will be upset about rolling with someone who's smaller. They have to be more aware of their body movement and the pressure they're giving them. This is actually going to improve your game significantly. Think of how you can use this to your advantage to grow your game. 
if you're more aware of your body and the pressure and the movement, then that's going to make you more sensitive in all situations, not just rolling against smaller people. Likewise, if you're rolling against a bigger person and you're having a hard time moving them, maybe you just found a situation where you use too much strength in a technique. Now you know that you can alter it and it will work against a bigger person. Or maybe you need to set that technique aside and focus on something that's going to work against all body types. Or maybe you were just doing the technique wrong. <laughs> that happens too. And it happens to everyone. In some cases, the instructor will tell students to select a partner to roll with. Now, how to pick a partner depends on your goals. Are you nursing an injury? Well, roll with someone smaller than you. Are you training to compete? Find someone who's your size and skill. It's going to be a better fit for you. If you're trying to work a new technique, choose a partner who is down color from you, less experienced. If you're deep in the trenches of your A game and you're super focused on that, then try rolling up color or somebody who's larger than you and see if that works against them. There's always ways that you could utilize rolling against every different type of person you're going to encounter to your advantage. You can always learn something from them or learn something by rolling with them. In situations where your instructor is going to choose a partner for you, keep in mind that the instructor may have their own reasons for pairing you up with someone, even if you don't think it's a good matchup. If you're paired up with someone larger than you and you're getting crushed, consider that your instructor may be giving you exactly what you need. Perhaps they think you need more experience going against larger opponents. They've just given you an opportunity to grow, one of the things we just talked about. If you're paired up with someone smaller or less experienced, maybe they trust you to take care of this person. Maybe they think you're the best person to show them the ropes. This would be a great opportunity to work on that technique you've been struggling to pull off against your own peers. When paired with someone your exact size and skill, it's possible they're delivering you a competitive role to gauge your process or to just give you something to struggle against. All that being said, it's also possible there's no meaning behind the pairing. Sometimes they just put people together and see how things go. But regardless of who you're rolling with, there's always something to take away. The next thing I want to talk about is declining a role. Especially in situations where students are picking their own sparring partners, you may occasionally need to decline someone. This could happen for a number of reasons. Maybe you're injured and you're looking for a specific skill level or body type to roll with. Maybe the challenger has a history of hurting people or has hurt you before. Maybe they're much bigger than you and you're worried about training with them. Maybe you're not as experienced and you're kind of scared. It's understandable. Maybe this person is very new and you're, again, not sure how to work with them. Maybe they kind of flail a lot. Maybe this person is really rude or makes you feel uncomfortable. Or maybe it's someone who never taps. Or maybe this is that person at the gym who never taps anything and is kind of a danger to themselves and other people, and you just don't want to deal with it today. Whatever the reason, you're always free to decline a role, even if you don't feel like you are. Remember that you have the choice to be there. You have the choice to walk away at any given time to see people get kind of quartered into thinking that they have to do what people ask them to do in these situations in the gym. Remember, we're all adults. You're, you are paying to be at the gym. Like You have a lot more power, even if you're in a gym where there's a lot more hierarchy, there's a lot more kind of traditional martial arts mindset. You don't get that as much in BJJ, but sometimes that happens. Even when you're in those situations, don't ever forget that you are still in control of you. It's super important to never forget that. Okay, so that being said... Let's talk about a situation where you may feel uncomfortable, but you shouldn't walk away from necessarily.
make sure you're distinguishing the difference between discomfort and danger. For example, if somebody is crushing you and you're on bottom and they're on top, are you in actual danger or are you just uncomfortable? Is it hard to breathe or are you actually getting injured, right? These are very important things to distinguish. You shouldn't be that person that taps just to get out from underneath the bottom, right? That's not a real <laughs> method of escaping. So sometimes it's okay to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's okay to feel discomfort. It's not okay to feel pain. You should be tapping from that or hopefully tapping before you feel pain if you're in a submission, right? Now, if somebody is making you feel uncomfortable socially or they're being inappropriate or you think they're being dangerous to you, yes, you should absolutely remove yourself from that situation and you should tell your instructor about it. It's up to you whether you want to tell them about it right at that moment or whether you just want to step off the mats and then tell the instructor about it after class. That's totally up to you. Let that be a personal decision. But the important thing is that you don't just deal with it. Don't just take it and then pretend like nothing happened, right? You can confront the person and say, hey, I feel unsafe. Let's you know, ratchet down the intensity. Or if they say something inappropriate, you can say, hey, that's not appropriate to say. Please don't say those things. And then if they do it again, you can just walk away, right? There's nothing forcing you to be with that person. Along those lines, for some people, rolling is going to be awkward, uncomfortable, especially for those who did not grow up wrestling or playing any kind of contact sports. The proximity of closeness can be very alarming. While it will be strange at first, you may find that it becomes more and more normal. Eventually, you'll have no problem with someone bumping into you on the street or sitting too close to you on the train. You'll just kind of think it's a humorous thing. And, you know, you'll still be like, hey, you're in my bubble, but you will no longer feel alarmed by this. If you find that you continue to feel uncomfortable with the closeness involved in jujitsu, be sure to talk to someone about it. Express what you're feeling. See what others think. It could be that you're still adapting to the newness of the sport, or it could be that there's someone at the gym who is actually making you feel uncomfortable. Similar to the comfort level involved in rolling, sometimes you may just need to find another gym. Be aware of the culture of the gym, kind of how people act, how people talk, what the structure is like, how many people are male, female, how many young people, how many old people, the different sizes. See whether the gym tends to lean towards MMA more, or whether wrestling more, or jujitsu, or judo. Each one is going to have a slightly different background, probably depending on the person who started the gym or who they're affiliated with. So kind of get a feel, get, the, get a feel for the vibe. You may need to switch gyms. The first gym you go to won't always be the best fit for you. So it's something to keep in mind when you're maybe feeling uncomfortable and you're just not sure why. It could just be the people you're around. Sometimes you just need different people. So one more thing to think about. Wrapping things up here, one thing I wanted to talk about that we slightly touched upon earlier was the idea of communication. So you should always, always be communicating with your partners or your instructors or just the people at the gym. If there's ever any question about what the dynamic is for rolling, what the rules are, 
don't ever be afraid to ask those clarifying questions and verbally communicate what you want, how you're feeling. If you're injured, say so. Before you roll with anyone, say, hey, just so you know, my right foot is hurt, you know, please just stay away from that. Or my wrist is hurt, you know, please stay away from wrist locks. If somebody looks like they may be injured, always ask, hey, it looks like, you know, is your wrist feeling all right? Should I avoid that area? Or, you know, do we need to modify the roll? Should we just do some pocket drilling or positional rolling and not go to submission? You know, if they're feeling a little tender, maybe your ribs are tender. And you're like, hey, can we avoid side control? You know, like, oh, we can work from back, you know, take my back and, and I'll try to escape there. We can just switch that. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can modify a roll to fit the needs of both parties, right? There's no reason why you both can't get something out of it. And this kind of gets back to, to what we were talking about where there's always something to get out of a role, right? It's hard as a new player to, to kind of feel that way about roles. I remember when I first started, I wanted so badly to always be sparring hard, right? Get those, those hard roles, you sleep good, you walk off the mat just feeling like you got your money's worth, right? <laughs> but that's not always going to be realistic. You're not always going to get that. You're going to need to learn how to adapt. So as you go out into your training, or you go to your first class, if you haven't trained before, I want you to think about what's something you can focus on when you're rolling with each different person, regardless of how big or small. What's something you can work on that will make you better? Whether it's a new technique, or refining something that you're already good at, see if you can find something positive to take away from each person that you roll with. This concludes our podcast, but I appreciate you sticking around for the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and please leave a review or send me a message to let me know what you thought. In order to make ends meet, I do sell ad space on the website. I also promote affiliate links to products that I think are worth endorsing and accept donations through Patreon. If you ever want to contribute, your support is greatly appreciated, but don't feel pressured to give anything that you can't afford to anyone ever. Until next time, tap early, train often, and most importantly, have fun.